This week's support for the fine print with Attorney Jen Route comes from Thrivent Financial. For more than 100 years, Thrivent has offered financial guidance about saving, spending, and sharing. Thrivent helps more than 2.3 million member owners be wise with money through its broad range of products and services, including life insurance, annuities, and mutual funds. To learn more about what makes Thrivent unique, contact John Grolo, FIC Financial Associate, at 614-567-7141. And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Route. Welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my thrifty sidekick, Ben Needenthal. I completely disagree with that assessment of me. Um, more thrifty than you once were. Yeah, very true. That's true. There was there was a time when caution was thrown into wind and, and money was spent willy-nilly, and nowadays yeah. I I walk into a toy store and buy something for my kid rather than something for myself. So, yes. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Right. Yes. Good. Yeah. Well, attorneys cost money. And after our confidentiality episode, we had questions about, well, how, what are the ways you can pay an attorney? I assume that generally it is in a briefcase full of unmarked bills that is that has a handcuff attached to it. Yes. And then we spread it around the office and roll around in it. That sounds okay. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> On the fine with attorney Jen Rout, uh, or not? And, and oh, and I should say, and for forever is how often that that happens, right? Right. Yeah. Always. Once you start working with an attorney, it always costs you briefcases full of cash. Right. Right. Uh huh. Okay. So she just slipped me a wad of cash to shut me up. So yep. that that's yeah. how we roll. Okay. Well, no, that's actually an interesting question because I mean, it's basically I don't know, like you're. I mean, I mean, do you take PayPal? Right. So, <laughs> do you, do you take Bitcoin or what? <laughs> Just like um, confidentiality, all of the rules on fees and expenses are also regulated by the highest court in the state. So, for Ohio, it's the Supreme Court of Ohio, and it's done through the rules of professional conduct. Fair enough. All right. Um, so, <clears throat> with that. Lawyers are not allowed to make an agreement for, charge, or collect an illegal or clearly excessive fee. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> well, that means someone throws you a, a bazillion dollar check. You probably right. can't accept that. Right. It would probably not go anyway. So. Yeah. So basically, lawyers can charge in three ways. Okay. Hourly, contingent, mm-hmm. and flat fee. Okay. And after two, the bottom fell out in 2008, there was a big shift to a lot of flat fees. Okay. But there are certain things that that does not make sense for. So sure. um, a flat fee is you pay the stated price. Okay. So I'm going to do an estate plan for a married couple. Two okay. wills, two health care power of attorneys, two financial power of attorneys. Flat fee, $500. We meet twice. You pay when you pick up. Perfect. Right. All right. Straightforward, in and out, transactional. Yeah. Okay, that's what a flat fee is used for. Okay. So it's a deed, it's a an estate plan, it's something very simple. A will, it's something that's, right. that's cut and dry. Um, even disillusions, when okay. they are agreed upon, can okay. be a flat fee. Because it's, no matter how long this takes, this is the fee. Right. 
Sometimes attorneys make more than their hourly rate on that. Sometimes mm. they make less. Okay. But all in all, it kind of averages out. Right. Flat okay. fees. Very simple. Second is what most people think of, which is hourly. Right. Okay. And that's when every time you talk to an attorney, most attorneys bill that. Right. Um, every time you talk to certain big firms downtown, their minimal billing hourly rate is a tenth of an hour. Man. So <laughs> if they're billing at $400 an hour, yeah, you talk to them for a tenth of an hour. Which is six minutes. Right. Yeah. That's $40. Wow. Every right. time they pick up the phone. Okay. Huh. Now, the question then becomes, and this is always the big question, is um, whether or not it is excessive or whether or not it is reasonable. And... The rules lay out eight factors as to whether or not a fee is reasonable. And a time a court would look at the time and labor required, the novelty and difficulty of the questions involved, and the skill requisite to perform the legal services properly. Okay. So we're focused on that. Um, a first-year attorney is going to bill less than a 20-year Veteran. Yeah, veteran who's been doing this forever. And- right. There's reasons for that. It's not necessarily that the first-year attorney is incompetent in that area of law. They might be exceptional. Right. But they haven't seen it all yet, and right. they're not as fast. Right. So certain things are going to take more time. Makes sense. And so if a veteran attorney could do it in an hour, mm-hmm. a new attorney might take two. It actually works out to be about the same price. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So there's some adjustment on that. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at the attorney's experience. Um, also, the difficulty of what we're doing. Second factor is the likelihood, if apparent to the client, that the acceptance of the particular employment will preclude the employment by the lawyer. What the heck does that mean, right? I, you're okay. asking the wrong person there. So what they're saying in that rule is, by the attorney taking on this client, mm-hmm. does it prevent the attorney from taking on another client? Okay. All right. Okay. If I'm um, working on your thing, I'm not working on somebody else's. Right. Or I'm taking on your project, which means I can't represent the other party in that project. Makes sense. So it's precluding you from working on something else. Okay. Three, is the fee customarily charged according to the local area? For similar services. So that's why in New York City, it is absolutely reasonable for attorneys to charge $500 and up per hour. Because in New York City, that's the way things run. That's the going rate. Yeah. Um, Incidentally, we're over six minutes into this podcast, so that's a tenth of my hour. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm being a jerk. It's funny. Um, In Columbus, Ohio... There are attorneys who do charge $500 an hour. They are extremely specialized at a very high end, and they are charging for their experience. It makes sense, but your average divorce attorney doesn't charge that. Right. Because that's not custom in our area. Right. Um, The next up is uh, the amount involved and the results obtained. So sometimes clients... Make silly decisions, despite... No. Yes. No, 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 no. Right. Clients are always right. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
except when they're not. <laughs> Which is um, usually. <laughs> so, for instance. I've worked in retail. I know the answer to this question. Yes. Yeah. I've ha- I have two clients who were stuck in bad situations. Yeah. They were getting sued. Hmm. What they were getting sued over was not enough money, frankly, to be worth suing over, but the other side wanted to do it. Hmm. Those are hourly type of clients. Yeah. Because you don't know how crazy the other side is going to be. Right. The other side in the one case filed seven motions before my client had even been served with the complaint. That's excessive. That's a lot. Yeah. And for every motion, that requires then a response. That's petty is what that is. Oh, it's petty and it's silly. Yeah. But whatever, that's what they did. Um, well, so that means I now have to respond to the complaint and seven motions. I have no control over the fact the other side is being belligerent. Right. I have to charge you for all of the time that I am spending drafting and dealing with the belligerentness of the other side. Man. Right. So really, it's almost a way of the other person to cost you money. Often, yeah. That's so dirty. then the question is, what about the results obtained? Yeah. So where they're really looking at this is if you spent three hours, settled a case for a million dollars, and then charged a 40% contingency fee, mm-hmm. you spent three hours. Is that reasonable compared to the results obtained? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on a whole lot more of the circumstances. Our favorite answer, it It depends. depends. (laughs) Right. Um, Number five, the time limitations imposed by the client or by the circumstances. So again, sometimes a client's not willing to pay. Okay. You still have to give them competent representation. Mm -hmm. But there's also, I only have so many resources. So... If this would normally take five hours to do my best work, but I'm only getting paid for three hours to do acceptable work, they get the acceptable work and that's going to produce acceptable results, not best results. Right. But if the client's only willing to pay for acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You can't misrepresent the client. Right. But there is, you got to have some balance here. We have something similar in to that in my line of work called the iron triangle good fast cheap you choose to right yeah so and it's yeah, so if they choose good fast and fast and cheap it ain't gonna be good right so yeah so yeah but so, same concept same general except concept we are because of the rules that we are governed by we always have to provide competent services right so we can't commit malpractice right no, but we I, don't yeah. have to put all of our time into one case that's not going to produce a result because the client's not willing to put that forth. Makes sense. Right. Um, Number six is the nature and length of the professional relationship with the client. Okay. Okay. So um, newer clients, depends on what the fee agreement and everything says. Once you have an established relationship, and if I've always charged you $200 an hour to do your work, yeah. And I've continued to charge you $200 an hour. Yeah. And you've never complained before, but now you're complaining mm-hmm. after a 10-year relationship. Yeah. It's probably going to be seen as you're being unreasonable because yeah. nothing has changed. Right. If I all of a sudden decide to double it mm-hmm. and I don't tell you, 
that's going to be a clearly excessive fee on my part because yeah. I didn't explain any of that. Right. Um, seven, the experience, regulation, and ability of the lawyer or lawyers. So, again, this is going back to your level of uh, experience. Right. Um, I do not do, for instance, um, a lot of patent law. Mm-hmm. You have to be light, specifically sworn into the patent bar. It huh. takes extra knowledge. I imagine it would, yeah. Right. Um, bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. I am technically licensed to practice court and bankruptcy court. Mm-hmm. I don't know a thing, one, about filing a bankruptcy, except yeah. you have to list everything. Gotcha. And you can't hide stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I would not practice in either of those areas. Yeah. But the attorneys that do are highly specialized. That's what they do. Right. And they get paid accordingly. Makes sense. Lastly, it's whether the fee is fixed or contingent. Okay. So that gets us to the contingent fees. Contingent fee contracts are used primarily in personal injury, medical malpractice type cases. Okay. So this is if the lawsuit pays off. Right. You it, get X percentage or whatever it is. It's the you don't get paid. In the <laughs> right. Yes. I don't get paid unless you get paid. <laughs> don't chase those ambulances. That's my job. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so here's the thing about contingency fees. Uh, standard is one third. For more complex cases, standard is 40-ish percent. Okay. Um, so your typical motor vehicle accident, most of the time is one third. That is one third after all of the expenses are paid. Okay. So what contingency fee cases also have with them are costs that the attorneys pay for. Okay. You need witnesses. Um, you need experts. Yeah. You need reports. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into those, and they are costly. Before you can ever file a medical malpractice lawsuit, you have to have a written opinion from a medical professional that the person you are filing against fell below the standard of care. Okay. So you need to have another doctor review all the medical records and say, this is what the standard of care is. This is what the me- the medical professional at issue here did. That is below the standard of care, and that caused this damage okay. to your client. So before you can even file a lawsuit, you have to pay for that opinion. Okay. Um, and depending on the number of records and what's all involved, that could be anywhere from $2,500 to $15,000. Hmm. Wow. And you might need more than one doctor yeah. or medical professional. Yeah. Because it might be with a nursing home. So you need a nursing home administrator opinion or whatever. Makes sense. Um, so very quickly, those costs add up. Um, the other thing that a lot of people don't realize with contingency fee cases is what is known as subrogation. And this is not an attorney fee. Okay. So subrogation says if an insurance company pays for your medical treatment and then another company or person pays out for the event that causes that, mm-hmm. the insurance company is entitled to be reimbursed for what they paid. Okay. So... If we're looking at a million-dollar settlement, mm-hmm. okay, let's just say there were $50,000 in expenses, mm-hmm. copies, travel time, experts, witness fees, binders, whatever. Right. 
So let's just say fifty thousand dollars comes right off the top, so that leaves you with nine hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then attorneys get if it's a car accident, normally a third. If it's uh, medical malpractice, it's normally forty percent. There's some um, variations in between okay. that comes off the top, so that leaves you with roughly six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, your medical bills that were paid by your health insurance get reimbursed to them. Mm, okay. And that's the thing that people don't take into consideration when they hear so-and-so got a $100,000 settlement. Right. How much of that's going to? Most of that goes to insurance companies and attorneys. Yeah. So we always talk about big cases. Well, okay. Okay, so if I'm following everything, so you said about half goes to... The insurance? It depends on how many, how much the medical bills were. Okay. Like we talk about that, um, the McDonald's coffee case. Right. Okay. That woman was in intensive care. Yeah. Four days. Yeah. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars per day to be in intensive care. Yeah. So her health insurance or Medicare, I think it was Medicare at the time, paid for that. Yeah. Medicare gets reimbursed. Mm. So at the end of all of that, she doesn't get a million dollars. Right. No, no. She gets a fraction of that. Right. It's whatever right. is left right. after all insurance reimbursements. So if it's a, if it, let's just say it's a million dollars and half of that goes towards the insurance and a third, a third so of that goes to the, th- the attorney. Right. So, I mean, at the end of the time, you're really kind of looking at, you know, Maybe a hundred thousand, yeah. maybe a couple hundred, yeah. but which, I mean, that doesn't go super far, right? You know? and, and in today's world, especially if you are no longer able to work, right, because of the exact thing that you sued over, right, which happens probably a lot, frequently. You know? Yeah. Um, then I had a case where it was a contingency case, um, but my client, this was a medical malpractice case, he had prostate cancer. And one way to treat prostate cancer is to insert radioactive seeds into the prostate. The doctor missed the prostate by two inches and implanted them in the base of this man's penis. Holy crap. That's a big deal. Yeah. So what did that lead to? Well, he was an over-the-road trucker. Oh, man. He was only 50. So he had 15 years or so more of trucking. He was no longer able to do the trucking. Yeah. Um, it did not treat the cancer. His PSA levels were never going down. Oh, man. It rendered him impotent, and he had to give himself a catheter every day. Oof. That's yeah. no fun. No. 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 And that guy And the doctor yeah. covered it up oh, for a year. Perfect. Perfect. So now his life expectancy is shorter because he had untreated prostate cancer happening for oh my God. a long time. He lost his income stream. Yeah. He had to have additional treatments and surgeries that he never would have had. Right. His wife had a claim because yeah. she lost yeah. her partner. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's an issue. That is they a big can't issue. travel yeah. because he can't sit for any yeah. length of time. Oh, man. She lost her help around the house because he can't mow the grass or yeah. any number of things. So these have big damages. Sure. And that matters. Yeah. Now, that was a complex case. That was a 40% contingency fee. Yeah. We settled for roughly $780,000. Yeah. 
big deal. Yeah. But it took hours and hours and hours. Oh, my God. Um, plus costs of and At the end experts. of the day, whatever you end up getting, I mean, yeah, it helps cover the, the initial bills and everything, but it's not, it doesn't help all the other things. Right. So the, and, you know, if you've been hurt like that, you can't afford to pay for experts. Right. So attorneys, the reason they can have the bigger fee mm. is they're taking a risk. Right. They're putting out all the money. Yeah. They're putting out the time. Yeah. And they may not ever get paid. Yeah. That's a big deal. So right. it's a contingency fee, but it's a contingency fee because it's all the burden and all of the risk is on the attorneys. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So that makes sense. And we get to, you know, there's a cost benefit. Right. Um, and those cases take tens and hundreds of hours. Yeah. It just takes a lot. You figure yeah. you have to sit in depositions yeah. for 10 days. That's 80 hours right there. Oof. Um, and that's not counting your prep time and learning the ins and outs of prostate cancer and yeah. treatments and yeah. standards. And so that's why you can have a contingency fee yeah. case because the time investment, yeah. generally speaking, a person can't afford the hours. Sure. Couldn't afford to pay for the expenses, and therefore that's an investment that the law firm is making in the case. Yeah. So they get a higher return on that investment. Huh. And if it's a standard medical malpractice, wrongful death, personal injury, some sort of tort action. Yeah. Um, perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Even if they get it done quickly. Yeah. So sometimes you have a case that it's, yeah, I'll take it on. It's one third, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it goes super smooth. Yeah. Insurance company says, yep, our guy did it. We know he's liable. What's your damages? You say, yeah. here's our damages. Here's what we want. And they say, okay. And it just goes. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, quick. It's almost too quiet. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. It kind of makes you uneasy. Yeah. <laughs> But and then karma the, comes through and the next yeah. case you get is a nightmare. So, right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And sometimes you can negotiate down like a 25, down to 25% contingency. Yeah. But generally it's, you know, 25 to 40% pretty standard. Right. Um. You will often ha inside that fee agreement for a contingency fee contract, you will probably sign something that says you are still responsible for the out-of-pocket expenses, like filing fees. Mm. Because, again, like, law firms fronting it. Right. But they get reimbursed. Sure, yeah. Um, And if for some reason the case doesn't go well, often they will say, don't worry about it. Right. Some firms will try to collect that from you if it doesn't go well. But these are plaintiff's attorneys as a general. Yeah. So they're going to choose a case carefully yeah so we choose winners makes sense yeah mm -hmm. um a bigger firm that does only uh motor vehicle accidents for instance mm -hmm. these would be the you don't get paid unless we get paid, <laughs> paid kind right. of thing. yeah yeah um or i don't get paid unless you get paid type yeah. of might be getting into copyright territory there Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, hmm. I don't think that particular organization is listening at the moment well, but yeah those kind of Fees, right. Um, they can take on 
certain riskier cases. Yeah. Because that's all they do. Um, whereas other firms that don't do all personal injury, they are more selective. Yeah. So, you know, that matters. Yeah. Um, I would tell you, especially in those kind of cases, you want to shop carefully. Right. Find an attorney who does that area, especially if it's not your standard motor vehicle accident. Yeah. If it's an employer intentional tort. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, an employer removes a guard that causes you to put your hand between a press and then the press crushes your hand. The employer removed a guard. Right. That's an intentional tort and the employer will likely be held responsible. Hmm. You need an, a, a law firm that specializes in that work. If it's that kind of thing, it's like pay the extra money, get the best that you can get. Right. Yeah. You want to make sure you are getting an attorney who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, especially in those kind of cases. So you want to be very careful about that. Right. Um, other things just to be aware of with contingency fees um, is knowing and understanding the anticipated outcome based on that percentage. Mm -hmm. Normally, the more complicated the case, the higher the percentage. Okay. And attorneys know what that takes. Yeah. You should get clear on what a lawsuit is going to take. Mm -hmm. They are stressful. Yeah. Um. You know, a medical malpractice case in Ohio is really hard to do because of all sorts of caps and regulations and things. Um, and they take a lot of time and it's a big investment. Right. An attorney's only going to take that if it is something major. Yeah. Um, because if not, it's not worth your time. Yeah. It's not worth the client's time and stress and everything. Right. And these two cases where my client's are hourly. Yeah. And they both have said this was not worth it. Right. Like I know nothing we can do about it because they sued right. you. Right. But it's not worth it because we're are fighting over like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Business assets that don't exist or yeah. a $7,000 emerald rough. Like regardless, yeah. it's not worth anything. Right. Right. It's not worth what you're paying to fight over it. Right. Yeah. But people get stuck on principle. So yeah. Be yeah. careful. Principle is an important thing to defend. Yeah. But you also need to have some business yeah. reasonableness You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. But those are important conversations to have when you start something with a lawyer. Yeah. Understand what you're going to be charged for. Most attorneys, even for hourly, will charge for windshield time or drive time. Mm. They will charge to have their um, parking reimbursed, uh, copies, all of that stuff generally counts Makes towards sense. expense reimbursement. Yeah. They don't look at it as an expense of the business. Right. I look at it as an expense of the business. Right. Within reason. But we've had some cases that are you know, 30 file boxes worth of documents. Right. That we are given on a jump drive. Yeah. That takes some file management. Sure. Yeah. I yep. have to pay someone to do that. Yeah. yeah. And that's a lot. That's that's outside of your normal. Right. So those things do get added on. Yeah. 
And it's important to realize that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? so, Perfect. Anyway, so fun things about fees. Yep. <laughs> so now I'm looking forward to your lawyer joke of the week. As Hopefully you should it's be. better than last week's. Just saying. Um, Slightly. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> before we go there, as always, we have a little housekeeping. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics, or ask questions. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Route every single week. Uh, you can find me on or almost every week. Almost, well, every yeah. other week. Every, uh, yes, uh, regularly. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also follow me on social media. Um, I'm at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, that kind of thing. If you can get me to friend you, fine. If not, sorry. Um, uh, but uh, Jen, on the other hand, uh, is far more difficult to find on social media because she doesn't really do all that much. Nope, I don't. Nope. If you're new to the show, Welcome. We hope you come back. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you would take a few minutes out of your very busy day, go to iTunes and rate and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. And uh, finally, we, like to, we would like to thank all of you, our listeners. Uh, it's because of you that our podcast exists. And uh, if you like what you hear, remember sharing is in fact caring. And uh, Jen, would you like to hear this week's lawyer joke of the week? Of course. All right. Like mm -hmm. I said, scraping the bottom of the barrel here, so I make no claims as to how great this joke is. What's the difference between a vulture and a lawyer? No. The vulture doesn't take his wingtips off at night. <laughs> okay, that, that one's mildly funny. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. So anyway, until next week, I'm Ben Needenthal. And I'm Attorney Jen Rout reminding you that ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. Oh, oh, oh my God. We did not get a hold of that ending. But no. all right, folks, we'll see you next time. <laughs> all right. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.